0: All right. Hello. Welcome to the Cosmic Eye Show, and it is Emmett Fox Friday, and we are here talking about find and use your inner power as we do each week. We are on a section called Spotlights. Uh, depending on your book, it may be at page 20. It may be somewhere different, um, but this one is going to be kind of fun because it's short, punchy little statements that actually have a lot of uh, you know, meaning and information to them. So we'll have to go over them pretty briefly. There's seven of these little little great sayings that he has on this page. But a lot of great ideas that we can apply to kind of just life right now and thinking about uh thinking about where we are. Um you know, we're still obviously in this quarantine situation where we're at home, most of us. And so, you know, just think about that and what's going on and where we want to go in our in our near future and so forth as we as we think about some of these ideas. So, thank you for joining us today. We appreciate you being here each week. Uh, check out our show on Sunday as well. I'm your host, Jason Napolitano, and I have Mr. Chris Sheridan on the line. How you doing, Chris? Really doing good today. Doing awesome. Great. All right. Very good. That's fantastic. There's a good energy in the air yeah. today. It's a good energy. I feel it. So, let's share that with our listeners. All right. All we're right. going to jump right into spotlights. I'll read the first one, and then we'll just go back and forth So, Okay. A little uh, review on um, who Emmett Fox is and context. Please go for it. Uh,
1: Yeah, so this is from Emmett Fox. Uh, He was part of the New Thought Movement, uh, came from the UK to America, I think in the 30s, sometimes associated with the Unity Church. He had his own church uh, services in New York, very popular, but only gave 20-minute sermons, and he's kind of known for uh, small pamphlets and these short bits of wisdom that you know, instead of a long one, this short one really has a lot of density, and you can really get a lot out of it, Uh, so, and uses a lot of Christian, uh, as it was the case at the time, uh, language, uh, but it's very metaphysical, and uh, esoteric, symbolic, and mystic more than it is a dogmatic thing, Uh, and he mentions that, but New thought. And this would have been from uh, the late 30s, right? 37, 38? Yeah, exactly. This particular
0: compilation. All right. So just, yeah, no, just thank you for a little, little context. Yeah. Absolutely. And probably best well known for his book, The Sermon on the Mount, which is a perennial bestseller. It's a uh, new thought sort of interpretation of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And then, of course, his other. Um, which we also, we, we did do a podcast on that. So if you're interested in that, check that out. And then the golden key is this short little pamphlet. That's just amazing. Highly recommend that you read that. And also again, check out our, our podcast on that one as well. Just go back in the list and you can find that one. All right. So we will start now with spotlights. God is not interested in your past history, but in what you are now. Now is the day of salvation. You are healthy because you are happy. Not happy because you are healthy. A healthy body grows out of a happy mind. If you have no time for prayer and meditation, you will have lots of time for sickness and trouble. Where you stand today
1: does not matter. It is the direction in which you are moving and the rate at which you
0: travel that count. The biggest fool of all is the man who bothers about outer things and neglects his own spiritual development.
1: The only depression that you can meet is the depression thought in
0: your own consciousness. All right, and last but not least, you really do not know John Smith. You only know the idea that you form of John Smith. All right, so that's it's like
1: Confucius
0: or it's, something. It really you know? is. It's like, they're short, really, and punchy yeah, yeah, really and um, really powerful.
1: They're kind of on the
0: nose, you know. He's not really uh, holding back. You no know, there's not a lot of heavy interpretation <laughs> needed in most of these, but we'll look at each one you know, just to kind of go right. over it yeah, let's go through all right, so the first one that I read is God is not interested in your past history, but what in but what you are now now is the day of salvation that of course you know resonates and reminds us of uh of Jesus teaching, you know the kingdom of heaven is at hand, the kingdom of heaven is within it's not something to seek for outside, you know, and he talked about in the Gospel of Thomas that you know, if it was, if someone tells you that the kingdom of heaven is, you know, under the sea, then the fish will precede you. If it's something in the sky, then the birds will precede you, et cetera, et cetera. So there's the idea that there's this, you know, sort of eternal nowness of salvation. It's something that has to happen in this very moment. It's not something to, to shoot for in the future, right?
1: Yeah. And even, even if the, well, let me just go straight to Martin Luther King Jr., uh, even though right before his his death he did say, you know, I might not make it to the promised land. Is really you know pulling from Moses, uh, but you know you, you'll have to follow through and, and carry the torch without me. I'm paraphrasing at that point, um, but that's what any good leader should do: is choose a successor uh, so that the movement, if it's that important, should transcend the leader. But going back to his speech uh, in Washington uh, on the steps of the Lincoln Monument. He says, you know, I have a dream that one day this will happen and that a black child and a white child can sit down at a table of brotherhood, everything. But he kept on saying, I have this dream today. Mm -hmm. So he might be dreaming at the point about maybe some future improvement, uh, which, you know, we're actually seeing a lot of that now. Uh, But I have the dream today. Okay, so that was the very nowness of it.
0: Oh, good distinction. Even yeah. something
1: you're working on. But I, and he says that over, you know, I, I have a dream. No, he goes, I have that dream today. I have this dream today. Today, I have a dream. So that was so present, mm-hmm. even though it seems like the content of the, the dream is a faraway thing or a future thing, but to to, to have that now, uh, and that can be in healing, you know, I I feel a healed state today while you're sick (laughs) yeah but have that thought that feeling of success or achievement um, or freedom even when you're not really there now but the dream is now that you you know it's mind science yeah you're you're, connecting your mind with this vision and, and you're doing it in the now oh someday i'll be happy no i'm happy because i have this dream that one day we will so great, great
0: distinction. Thank all you right. for thank you for bringing that up. And, you know, the first part of that is, is, is profound as well. When he says God is not interested in your past history. You know, so many of us are dragging around guilts and condemnation and, you know, fears and, you know, this, this or that failed attempt at this or that thing. You know, all this stuff that we drag around us like a like a heavy bag of junk trailing behind us. You know, God's not interested in that. Let it go. You know, let go of it. Yeah, and it's not, ju- it's not just the junk we're carrying
1: around. It's the attitude of this is the way things are
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, to, so that there's even more of it. Uh, yeah, I have to let it go. It,
0: uh, well, it just piles more of that on if you don't, if you don't yeah. let it go, right? And it then the you- more as you do. Yeah, so, all right, well, let's jump ahead. So you're a healthy, I'm yeah. sorry, you read this one. This was yours.
1: Uh, oh, yeah, what are we? Uh, you're, healthy. you're healthy because you are happy. Not happy because you are healthy. Healthy body grows out of a happy mind. Again, it's having it in your mind first, and feeling this happiness, and then
0: the healthiness is a result of that. Yeah. Basic mindset. Yeah, exactly. And you know, it seems contrary because when you're in pain or you're in discomfort or you're you're sick or unwell if in some way or you're under mental duress or you're anxious or depressed, whatever. You know, you think, well, I, I you know, one day I want to feel healthy and, you know, I hope that I can feel happy again. And I think really what he's getting at is the idea that these these states, you know, this, the, the mental states and the emotional states and the spiritual states pre- precede the healing. And, you know, and then you have to ask yourself, well, how can I be happy if I don't feel happy? You know, and this is where mind science affirmation, visualization, prayer You know, watching comedy movies, talking to people that make you happy, focusing on positive things and so on can can do that trick. They can kind of kind of push you over that 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 hump of, you know, where you can get some momentum on and start actually feeling that way. And, you know, I always I hate to use these these platitudes, but, you know, the idea of fake it till you make it oftentimes can can work and it's not so much a faking of it but it's almost like a jump starting of it like you know how you jump start your car remember you know I don't know young people may not know this but if you have if you had a car that you know where the battery died and it was a stick you could start the car without the battery by by pushing it and kind of bumping it into into you know you'd sort of pop the clutch and it would you know what i'm talking about right you remember this this yeah, procedure second gear second, right? gear for yeah. that. second gear second gear get going pop the clutch and- for the for, for the bump start yeah yeah and so yeah. it's kind of like that and then the engine kind of gets going and you know the battery was drained but then you know if your generator's working it'll it'll charge back up and it's that same sort of idea Uh, really, you know, so you kind of got to get that happiness going in yourself with some, you know, if it's looking at kittens online for you, or if it's, you know, watching videos about, you know, growing organic vegetables, or, you know, or it's watching, you know, Reverend Ike, I mean, whatever it is that makes you happy, do that thing and build that happiness. And then that healthy body will grow out of that healthy mind. So that's a that's a deep way to look at that. All right, let's move on to the next one. If you have no time for prayer and meditation, you have lots of time for sickness and trouble. You want to jump on that?
1: Yeah, wow, that's, that's like a warning. on that <laughs> Yeah, right?
0: Um, well, and that's kind
1: of the number one. It's funny that he was talking about this in the 30s, but that seems to be the two things I hear most often with not building a meditation practice is that I don't have the time and the other one is, yeah, you know, I don't know if I'm doing it right or I don't know how. Mm-hmm. Um, you've written a book. If you can, where you can meditate, that kind of takes care of the how. But I like this. If if you don't have, if you don't make time for prayer and meditation, then you you will have made time for sickness and trouble. Yeah. To link
0: those two together is like, oh, it's huge. Wow. Yep. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Especially at a maybe I should meditate. Especially at a time when the benefits of meditation were not as widely known you know so yeah, yeah. the term meditation that they're using is more of a contemplation or kind of a, like an affirmation or a, sort of a treatment idea but you know there was also the idea of the time for stillness and you know time for prayer and your sort of communion with god time and so on that exists in new thought and that that's also thought of as meditation as well so um, but and its time apart from the world and your troubles and your involvements yeah. and
1: work and family you know all this stuff that it's it's a moment or, you know, set of moments where you're aside in your room or your closet or wherever you can Absolutely.
0: Go. And, you know, I think what he's really saying there in, in, in essence is, you know, you've got to do the spiritual maintenance on yourself for this, you know, the, to go back to a car metaphor or the car is going to break down, you know. And this is, you know, your prayer and your meditation are like your oil changes and your tune ups and so on. They're like, a <clears throat> excuse me, like a spiritual tune up, basically. So if you don't make time yeah. for that, it's just like you didn't make time to change the oil in your car and your engine seizes up and you're out one engine. So, you know,
1: yeah, <laughs> right? actually, that brings up a really good point. And I've uh, one that I've heard from 12 you know, step meetings in sobriety uh, recovery is that it's not the quality or the state of your spiritual condition. It's the maintenance of your spiritual condition that at least you're trying. You are setting aside those moments in the day. You are shutting off your mind and senses from the outside world to go inward and contemplate and put forth meaningful prayers and uh, quiet meditation the best that you can and that you're showing up and doing it and sincerely uh, you know, trying to get better. It's not well. I, I don't know if I'm doing it right, or I'm just not spiritual enough, or I'm I'm not a guru. How can I meditate or levitate? It's the maintenance of it. You're you're lifting the hood, and you're just trying every day to
0: absolutely. You know, do absolutely. Thing, it's so much you know? more important to to have a to have a regular a regular consistent practice than it is to you know to try to meditate for eight hours or something like this. You know, just to do something for five or ten minutes a day every day and show up for it at a specific time and in a specific place in your house or wherever you do your meditation is, you know, it's just a recipe for success. It's, it's, it's getting you clicking on, or it's getting, you know, firing on all cylinders as it were, because it's like, it, you know, it carries over into your, into other parts of your life because you begin to get the discipline and the order, but you get the benefits from the meditation. It's And you're teaching yourself how to show up for you and, and, Part of you know your spiritual need uh, that often goes unaddressed, un, uh, let's say. All right, so let's move on to the next one. This one is yours. Where you stand today? Uh,
1: where you stand today does not matter. It's the direction in which you are moving and the rate at which you travel that count. So yeah, again, it's not the quality or status maybe of where I am right now, uh, whether it's your health, your financial status, or relationship status, that if you're looking in the right direction, or at least trying to look in the right de- direction, seeking that, and the rate at which you travel, that you're moving, you know, it's not. you're not waiting for something to happen. Okay, well, then I'll start moving. It's start moving. Even if you're doing something poorly, and it's not exactly the right direction, at least it's, if you're doing it with the intent and the attitude of wanting to do the right thing and get on the right direction sometimes the moving the momentum will always actually helps Uh, but step forth where you're going where you're pointed and this speed it's maybe not so how quickly you're going to get enlightened or you know feel this peace and happiness but that you're moving forward that you're not slowing yourself down you're not mired in other things that you have a You've cleared a path and you are pointing in a direction that you want to go. And that's
0: momentum. It's trajectory. um, Absolutely. Yeah. That's a fantastic way of putting that. All right. I'm not even going to add to that. So I'll do the next one. The biggest fool of all is the man who bothers about outer things and neglects his own spiritual development. That one sounds pretty self-explanatory, but I mean, if you think about it, how many of us, um, neglect our own spiritual development. We take the time to, you know, do work things and to to think about, you know, entertaining ourselves or, you know, going to sports events. And, you know, we think about what we're gonna eat and all, you know, all these different things. Um, And then just like you said, how many people complain about, you know, how they don't have any time for meditation or they don't have time for some, some prayer and contemplation or whatever but it's that we're, we're neglecting that, you know, we can make time for whatever we want to make time for, you know, unless we're locked up or, you know, our our, our sort of um, liberty is impeded in some sense, but, you know, 99.9% of us can make time to do the things that we want to do. It's just a matter of prioritizing really. So, you know, it, you yeah. already are yeah
1: and in, in some there's some parts of our lives or mm-hmm. amounts of a day that we are doing what we want to do and that may be watching tv it might be gossiping on twitter it might be doing a lot of other things that maybe if you just did a little less of you would really open up i think that space yeah, is that's yeah that's there. a
0: good point yeah see i didn't make that distinction good point so you are doing things you you want to do It's just maybe not the best things for you. So that's where that prioritizing has to come into play, doesn't it? It's like, okay, I prioritize my spiritual development more. I take the time that I need to develop from within more, you know, and that's the thing, you know, we're, we're an extroverted country, an extroverted society in general here in the U S and in, you know, they're a little more introverted in Canada, but you know, for the most part we're extroverted. Yeah. Right. So you're inside a lot more. (laughs) Exactly. You develop from within, but, you know, so apologies so, to my kids. It is cold. I <laughs> actually was was talking to a to a guy up there as a guest on a podcast there yesterday, which I'll talk about I don't know there another time, but um, but yeah, I mean he said it was snowing. He's like it was he's like two days ago I was out in a tank top and today it's snowing. So he's like, This is Canada. This so all right, we'll move on to the next one. Uh, at any rate, let me let me th- go back to that really quickly and prioritize spiritual development. You know, Jesus said, uh, you know, seek ye first the, the kingdom of God and all else will be added unto you. You know, so it's basically you're seeking that spiritual thing first. And then, you know, all the material stuff falls into line, you know, because you're shooting for that higher that higher understanding, that higher development. So that's that's something to remember. All right. So this next one is yours. The only depression the okay yeah the only depression that
1: you can meet is the the depression thought in your own consciousness so this one kind of goes it's like the other half of that you're healthy Mm -hmm. because you're happy that it, it comes from within first so you're depressed because you have depressed thoughts and depression oftentimes has something to do with the past anxiety generally is about the future or uncertainty or you know fears of, of things uh what may happen uh depression is usually a, a you know it's like a concentration and a compilation of all the things that maybe went wrong see here it is again just like you know mm-hmm. my first marriage you know now my business failed You know, you can you can build this this thing up um or in a lot of the times it's you know it's on external things, but you've internalized it. And now you you're de- you're, you feel depressed because you feel depressed. And I know that sounds, you know, doesn't make any sense, um, but it's, that's kind of <clears> what <throat> he's getting at. Um, it's this depressive feeling. Now the triggers, the uh, incidents, the circumstances in your life. Yeah, some of them are harsh, some of them suck. And, and it's okay to feel bad about them because there's you know we go through a lot in in life you know um but depression is you know almost think of like a you know like what a physical depression is okay if there's like if you put a bowling ball in the middle of a bed it would make a depression it would make this impression but it kind of goes down and if you have that no matter what you're working on or what you have it's going to fall down this hole, this depression. It's going to, you know, gravity is going to pull it uh, into this lowest central point. Um, I always find it good to think of some physical external thing in a way when mm-hmm. you're dealing. That's with a good way to look at right. it, like some yeah. metaphor. I mean, that's that's what all the great systems of you know symbolic, you know, alchemy, Freemasonry, and things like that. There's an outer operation or action uh, that ties in with the inner. Uh, So depression, yeah, just kind of look at look at it like that, that there's a like a Mm -hmm. pothole or something in a road. Uh, It's going to suck every tire of every car in there and it's going to clunk. It's going to make,
0: you know, your steering go out of whack. I guess. (laughs) car right. That's all right. That's okay. Today is the car metaphors day. But, you know, another another thing. So but pull
1: that up pull that center up and, you know, don't let the, these things fall. And Cause a lot of good stuff can fall into, into the depression too. Mm-hmm. And those are the handholds that you oh, need to call. pull yourself call. out.
0: Another thing I got out of this, I'll just be really brief is that, um, you know, that the only depression that you can meet is the depression thought in your own consciousness. So in other words, I think he's also hinting at the idea that there's really not such a thing as depression. It's not a, it's not a noun per se, You know, it's a sort of complex of of affect and experiences and emotions and, you know, actions that you're taking that the that the depression takes a form of. But it's not a thing unto itself. Do you know what I mean? And sometimes I think we get caught up in thinking some of these Mm -hmm. mental states and these emotional and physio physiological slash mental emotional type issues are are a thing, and then they need to be either medicated, which I'm not saying no one needs medication for anything, but I'm saying we we definitely tend to pathologize and, and over medicate in this, in this age that we live in. And so I think what he's trying to say here is that, you know, it's not, it's not a noun. It's a, it's a, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a verb and it's, and it's more, you know, there's, there's, there's more to it than just, um, just this thing. It's not, it's not like a, like a tumor where there's a physical thing there. You can see a tumor. Do you know what I mean? I think that's what he's getting at as well. I think So, so, you know, there is a part of it that it has thought and emotion. And certainly there's, there's bodily and chemical things that go on. I'm not saying that's not a true thing and everyone's depression is going to manifest in a different way. I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, no one, again, no one needs any kind of medication, but what I'm saying is it has multiple causes and, and and contribute and things that contribute to it so i think it's it's important to think about about things in that way like it's it's there's a there's you know there's multiple factors involved and thought is one of the one of the big ones thought is one of the big ones so if you can work on that thought you can help get yourself out of that depression that depression rut that you were talking about you can climb up those walls and, and get the heck out of that sooner than sooner than later all right so this last one then We'll go to, you really do not know John Smith. You only know the idea that you form of John Smith. I like that one. Um, I'll say a little bit, then I'll hand it over to you and then we'll wrap it up. Uh, That's, I mean, that's pretty clear. So, you know, this is, this is one of the things that I think we, we get really confused about when we're working with other people and trying to communicate and so on. We form an idea of someone and then we basically project that idea of who we think they are onto them. And then of course we treat them like that. So if we form a negative opinion of someone right away, you know, from a first bad impression or something like that, then we carry that around and we, you know, we don't like that person for the rest of the time that we see them. Maybe someone at work rubbed us the wrong way or, you know, was rude to us quote unquote, or something happened and we misinterpreted, it. or maybe they were actually, you know, being malevolent who knows. But the point is, is like, you know, that impression that's formed is how is, is what we believe that person is. And that's something that we carry around And that room called a projection. Um, and oftentimes those projections have a lot to do with us and how we're navigating through the world and maybe things about ourselves that are in our own personal shadow that we don't like about ourselves. We hang them on another person and conveniently point to them and say, see, they're the problem. You know, it's not my greed, it's their greed. They're the greedy one. And all the while ignoring our own greed, for example. So do you have anything to add to that one? Uh, Yeah, it's, um, well, you can't judge
1: somebody's insides by looking at their outsides. Yeah, and that's just, that's a general rule, I think applies everywhere, even ourselves. You know, sometimes we can judge ourselves wrongly or inaccurately, let's call it that. Um, by just what we choose to to see about ourselves, and a lot of times we don 't have a favorable opinion of ourselves, and that 's why we project on others. Um, but you know there 's these aspects of ourselves um, that we don 't see, that we can 't see, we all have a blind spot as well to ourselves, not just other people, of course we do with other people. You could look at somebody's action, their outward actions or words and say, oh, my gosh, that guy's a jerk. Uh, But you don't know what happened to them that day or what they're dealing with. You know, everyone carries a heavy burden. So be kind to everyone you meet, as the saying goes. But we all have this blind spot of our own selves. And we don't know what some of our qualities are that we could help somebody or inspire somebody because we don't see it after an interaction and they go home and repeat something that he had said and it changes their life or at least changes their day you know so we can't really fully it's judge true, true. ourselves either by by what we either choose to observe or what we can observe because there's that part that we can't uh, and others might see us kind of diff- way to put it
0: yeah uh, yeah exactly and you so, know I, just to tack this on to it I I like, I like what you're saying about the part, you know, those parts of ourselves that we can't see. And that, again, that's part of that shadow, you know, that Jungian idea the shadow, those things that we shove down, you know, into this kind of the dark recesses of, uh, of the unconscious in our own, in our own mind of things that we don't accept things that we don't like things that we, you know, that's not us, or we're not capable of those kinds of destructive things, or we don't like this or that about ourselves. We put it down there, you know, um, Marie-Louise von Franz, who was uh, one of Jung's uh, great disciples and probably his most, probably his closest, you know, uh, sort of disciple. I use that word kind of loosely, but she uh, she used to say um, that, you know, the shadow was was like our, our backside. We can't we can't see the backside of us. We can't see our back you know, but someone else can see it and how we see it in ourselves is in other people through this projection process. And so, you know, do be careful when you're projecting negative things onto people, you know, you're making snap judgments out of certain types of people or this or that kind of person, that those aren't things that maybe you yourself are not willing to look at in your own self. Uh, So that's something to look at. All right. Well, I think we're at the end of the show. Do you have anything else to add? All right. I think that's great. I like these. Spotlights. Yeah, this is a good one. I like how we, you know, these are just little things. Yeah, little to little, little little chunks of wisdom that you can that you can chew on. I, I like this episode. This was a fun one. Uh, thank you, Emmett Fox, for sharing your wisdom with us. All right, so thanks everyone for showing up. We appreciate mm-hmm. you being here each week. Uh, support us at Anchor.fm/slash Cosmic Eye and check out Chris's book, uh, The Spirit in the Sky, that's available on Amazon. Also, Chris has a new show that he's doing uh, called The Daily Dose, and that's uh, on. Um, Instagram at Chris Sheridan three, three, three. please do share, uh, our shows if you can and share, you know, with your friends, if you like what we're doing here, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to in our own little way here, make the world a little better place to live, increase the consciousness, increase the peace, increase the idea of, you know, spirituality, sustainability, you know, spiritual development, the esoteric wisdom, et cetera, et cetera. So if you're for those things, please share us, you know, and start your own shows and write and, and share stuff that you that you find as well. So thanks for joining us here on the Cosmic Eye Show. Check us out on Sunday as well. We have our, our, our longer show that we do on Sunday. So there'll be a new one up. Uh, join us here each week on Friday for our Emmett Fox Friday shows. Thanks again. Have a great week. Goodbye and God bless.